uh, if you turn to Colossians chapter number 4. Colossians chapter number 4. Read one verse there. Keep your Bible open. I got several verses I want to go to, several chapters and several books I want to go to just to show you uh, this character that Paul is uh, writing about and Paul that needs uh, in, in his life. And, and as soon as we read it, you'll know who it is. Chapter 4 of Colossians, verse number 14. Luke, the beloved physician. Demas, greet you. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for all that you do. We thank you for your mercy and grace and love. But Father, I thank you for these people of this church, Lord, that stands up and, and answers to the call. And I appreciate that so much, Father. Help us now, Lord, as we go throughout the night, Lord, and let us be a blessing to others. And Lord, we just pray for the family for tomorrow night. Lord, just somehow lift them up and encourage them and be a strength and power to them. Father, we praise you for what you do. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. We've been, like I said, we've been looking at Paul's friends, the subject of Paul's friends, and those that was in his ministry. We've heard an awful lot, a lot about the Apostle Paul. And rightly so, because he wrote so much of the New Testament. And we thank the Lord for Paul. And Paul readily admits in almost all of his epistles, from Romans to Hebrews, Paul admits often that he could not have done the things that he had did if it had not been for the grace of God and God's people. We need God's people. Had it not been for the good grace of God, we all acknowledge that we need the good grace of God. But also, if it were not for the God's people that God placed in His path. I want to say to you, you're going to uh, live this Christian life as effective as you could. I'm not saying you can't live for God. But if you're going to live for uh, this Christian life as effective as you could, to the fullest as you can, and to the potential that you can, you're not going to do it unless you surround yourself with some God's people. Those who love God, those who are uh, serving God. Unless you get that place where you look up, yoke up with a local Bible preaching church, in a place where you can invest your life. And some people, and some people invest their life into you. And you work together. You come together. There's a common goal set among each and every one of you. Seeing the church and edifying the church and the Lord Jesus Christ glorifying Him and seeing sinners saved. It said we started in Romans 6 and Paul mentions... Over 30 of his friends is always quick to acknowledge them. But tonight we're looking at a friend that is not mentioned in Romans. In fact, this is the first time this name is mentioned in the Bible. And I thought that was awful strange. When you look at it, his name, Luke, is only mentioned three times in the Bible. Now this guy wrote two of the biggest books, penned two of the biggest books in the New Testament. The book of Luke, which is named after him, and Acts. 
He wrote the two of the big, and yet here his name is only found three times in the whole entire Bible. And it's one of, say, as far as I can tell, and I've studied it. Maybe we can dispute it, or maybe we can, maybe some verses you can find. Uh, I don't think Luke was necessarily called to preach. I don't think it was necessarily called to preach. I don't think he's called, God called minister like Paul was or like Timothy was or like Titus was. I don't think Luke was that kind of person. He may have been, but I, I just can't find it. The Bible says he's a doctor. But he wants to give his service to the Lord. I believe we have done a disservice to our people in this day, in this respect, by almost trying to pass the buck of service on to other people. Those that call to preach, those that call to sing, those that call to teach, I, I feel that we want to pass the buck to them. We put so much emphasis on those people those that call to preach, those that call deacons, call to the mission field, those who evangelize. We almost use that as a ticket of getting, getting out of doing service for the Lord. But the truth of the matter is, everybody in here, and we're talking about, you talk, we talk about Aquila and Priscilla, a husband and wife team, they were not called to preach. But they both are living for Jesus to the fullest of their ability, trying to see the gospel spread out, leading people to the Lord Jesus Christ. Everywhere, everybody in, in here, whether you're a, a preacher, singer, or whatever, you're called in your life to be something that God can use to point the gospel to people's lives that need it. We should be engaged in giving everything that we can for the glory of God every moment of our lives. Now I'll say this as well. Luke, the Bible said, is the beloved physician. And, and we talked about that more later on, but further, further proves God does, does ordain and God does use medicine in people's lives. I know there's a Sect doctor says, I will not go to a doctor. I will not do this. I will not take medicine. I, I believe God ordains that. I believe God used doctors and God uses medicine and, and it helps you. I believe that. You, you get some of these fake healers out there laying your hand on it, name it, and claim it. They have the gift of claim, uh, healing. They claim they never go to a hospital and see a doctor. You should never take medicine because that's not what the Bible says. They haven't read the New Testament. Here we find the greatest Christian, the Apostle Paul, is traveling around with his own personal physician. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. His own personal physician. Yes, he's traveling around with his own personal doctor. But there's something about Luke being one of Paul's friends that we really need to take a look at. 
And, and I believe if we look at it closely enough, and I'm not going to get preach real hard, I just want to give you some points on looking at Luke's life and trying to compare Luke's life to your life. Now, I, I've said this, and I'll say it, and we'll all say it. All that. None of us in here can ever be a Paul. It's just an impossible thing to do. He, he said he was the last apostle, so I, I cannot be an apostle. The Bible's already written. The Bible's, God said the word's forever settled in heaven. I cannot add to it. And I cannot take away from it. Paul wrote most of the New Testament, so I, I can't do that. So what can I do? I can look at the lives of those that helped Paul. And I can mimic their lives in my life tonight. And, and that's what we should, I, that's what I'm trying to get to in Paul's friends. It, it's not that you can be a Paul, I can't be, but we can look at the friends in Paul's life and say, hey, I can compare to that. We've talked about Timothy and how, how great of a preacher Timothy was. Then we talk about a husband and wife duo and how they led people to God and how they spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. And they were not called to be preachers, but yet they lived for God. They gave everything for God. We could be that way too. But here Luke is something different. Totally different. Look at, look, look at Luke chapter 1. He, Luke is, he's indispensable to Paul. He's, he's in, indispensable. Paul felt like this man was indispensable. Paul felt like uh, uh, he, he, he's a man I can't do without. And there's a reason why I feel this way. Don't go to Luke, go to 2 Corinthians. Threw you off there, didn't I? 2 Corinthians. He, he, this man, Paul, Paul says, he's indispensable in my life. And the reason for that, Paul has this physical need, this physical infirmity that he needs some doctrine on, on a regular basis, not a one-time deal. Let me say what I'm about to read you, read you in verse number 7 of chapter 12. It said, lest I should be exalted above measure, though the abundance of the revelation there was given to me a thorn in the flesh. Time out right there. Everybody has their own idea what this thorn in the flesh is. I've heard it from one thing to another thing. I've heard it from this to that. I do not know what the thorn in the flesh is. I have my idea. I have my eye of what I think it might be. Paul wrote in there how big of the letters he had to write because I believe his eyesight was going. He had to have people pen the letter. I, I think that might have been the thorn in flesh. I don't know, but that's not the debatable. That's not the thing. It's the thorn in the flesh that Satan buffered him. That's what we're looking at. And he said, the thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buff me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice that he might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. This thorn in the flesh. If you study the life of Paul, 
Three times he was beaten with a rod. Five times he received 40 stripes, saved one. Five times he was locked up in a molded jail in a dungeon, no sunlight. He was beaten with 39 lashes. He got stoned. He was shipwrecked. He spent weeks and weeks in a cold, damp cell. And your body is going to take a beating when you go through all those things that Paul. So this thorn in the flesh is a one-time deal. Now understand this, God could have healed him if God chose to do that. But I believe that Paul had Luke with him to help him get over the things that Paul was going through in his life above this thorn in the flesh. You read the history of this time. Most people are born and live, die within a few miles of their home place. They're born in a city and within a few miles, they never travel outside that few miles. But Paul, Paul has traveled over a thousand miles and it wasn't by jet airliner. It wasn't not by a train. It was not by car. Paul walked those miles and Paul is not a young chicken anymore. So therefore, he's he, he like me. It hurts to walk. It hurts to get up. It hurts to lay down. It hurts to breathe. Paul is suffering, and I believe God allowed Luke to come up beside Paul. He said, Paul, here is this beloved physician. He's going to be sticking with you. He's going to help you. He's going to minister you in the need that you need in the medical field. That's just the way I see it. Amen. He's gone all over the place. This Paul is a pioneer. Starting churches. He's been all over the Middle East. He's gone over to Asia Minor. He's even gone into Europe itself. He makes a trip into Spain. There are people that even debate that possibly before Paul died... In his last years before he died, he made a trip to England. That's debatable. But Paul went everywhere. He went to Rome. He went to Italy. That song, Johnny Cash, I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere, man. Paul wrote that song. <laughs> He's been everywhere. He's traveled everywhere. So this guy needs some medical attention on a daily basis just about. Besides all the rest of verse 7 and 9, uh, the word buffet literally means to punch. means to punch. Like you get punched in the face. The same word that was used when the Lord was basically uh, blindfolded and they came up and they slapped him in his face. The same word is used that. They blindfolded him. They smacked him. Not only did they strike him, he was struck blind for three days. Read Acts chapter 9. In his born again experience, that's when he tells the Galatian believers in Galatians chapter 4, he said, my affirmities in my flesh. You didn't despise if it were possible you would have 
plucked out your eyes for me. Satan buffing the flesh of a highly educated man who loves to read. He loves to read. The last request of Paul is to bring my parchments and bring my books. He, he, he knew he was dying. He knew he was facing death, but yet he wanted his parchment. He wanted his books. That was Paul's passion. And yeah, now his eyes are so bad. You say, what's this got to do with Luke? What you got to do with Luke? Ain't it a blessing? God said this. He said, I'll tell you what, Paul. I'm going to take that thorn. I'm not going to take that thorn away from you. But I'll do this. My grace is sufficient. How does that, how does God send along grace to a man who needs it in his eyes? God brings grace into the form of another believer. Can I tell you, when you're facing your hardest battle in your life, and it seems like you're by yourself, won't you just lift up your head? There's a believer standing beside you that wants to help you. Who ha and he says, I'm going to put somebody beside you who has the ability to give you some doctrine, some of those, uh, that medicine that you might need to comfort your eyes, to help your eyes. Help the ailments that you have in your body. The devil is trying to knock you out spiritually, Paul. And hinder you from trying to live for God. There's no more greater gracious thing God can do for you is to send along a brother and sister into your life to say, I love you. I'm praying for you. I'm here for you. No greater thing that God could do is send somebody beside you tell you that. If you want, you can lean on me. I, I, I can be a shoulder you can cry on. I, I want to be a brother that's indispensable. I, I want to be a brother that you can come to and says, I'm going through this, I need prayer. I, I'm dealing with this, I need prayer. Can we just talk? A lot of times we can just talk, it will help us out. Luke is this brother to Paul. Paul said, I can't do without him. I, I, can't, I can't make a step without him. I can't be nowhere without him. That's the kind of Christian we all should be. That kind of Christian, that kind of brother that every time we take a step, we write with somebody else that needs us. And here's a man that never made a mark. He didn't stand up and say, look what I did. Look what I'm doing. He didn't fade off. He didn't, he, 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 he's always helping. But we find so many people today that will not help, will not pray. They fall away out of church. 
and they never made a mark for Jesus. Is that the kind of Christian you want to be in your life? The one that not make a mark for Jesus? I, I'm standing here tonight as a product, looking back in my life, people that were tools of God, God's grace, and brought in my life to help me, to encourage me, to strengthen me, to, to love me and to teach me the Bible, teach me the Word, to lead me and point me in the direction I need to go, to help me and keep me on the road for living for God. I'm a product of God's people and His grace being shown through other people tonight. Let me say this as a doctrinal note. If Paul is an apostle, and he is, and he is an apostle, signs and wonders, gifts were given unto the Jewish apostles, which he does have, then this is the question I asked. If Paul had those gifts, why didn't Paul just heal himself? Why didn't he just heal himself? Physician, heal thyself. Paul even left someone sick. He said, I left him in millennium sick. He left him. Why, why didn't you heal him before you leave, Paul? You could have healed this guy, but you left him sick. Why did he tell Timothy to take a little wine for your stomach issues? Now, they didn't have NyQuil, DayQuil, and any other quills back them days. So they had a little wine. They didn't have a pill you could take to get rid of it. That was their medicine. Let me tell you this. At this point in Paul's life, toward the end of his ministry, the apostolic signs and wonders and gifts to the Jews were fading away. They're fading out because they were looking for signs. But God was going towards the Gentiles. God's done with the Jews. Romans 12, 11 and 25 says, The blindness of part, of, uh, part is happening unto the Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles become in. God is not dealing with the Jews anymore, so they're, they're requiring a sign, but they're not getting a sign. That's why we walk by faith and not by sight. Jews were looking for signs. Paul said, this guy, Luke, is indispensable. I can't live without him. I've got to have him by my side. Now go to Luke 1. I want to show this. He's indispensable. And this, I really want you to get a hold of this one. He's indispensable. He's somebody that you need in your life. You need somebody in your life that you can say, hey, I can call on brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so. They are there. No matter what I'm going through, no matter what I face, no matter what I've done, they, they are there. You need that person in your life. But not only is he indispensable, he's also invisible. I told you Luke's name's only mentioned three times in the Bible. Hold up, guy, he wrote the book of Luke. 
he wrote the book of Acts, you would think he would have wrote something more about himself in all those books he wrote. You would think, said something, hey, look what I've done. Luke chapter 1. He says, for as much as have taken in hand to set forth in the order of a declaration of those things which are mostly sure believe among us, even as they delivered them unto us, which from the beginning were eyewitness and minister of the word. It seems good to me, me, Luke, also having a perfect understanding of all things from the very first to the right unto thee in the order most excellent, Theophilus. Talking about being indivisible, invisible. After the first four verses of Luke, and you read from verse 5 all the way to the end of the book, the chapter 24 of Luke, he totally removes himself from the scriptures. He's not talking about himself. That's not like Christians today, is it? We like to boast on what we've done. We like everybody to say, hey, what a good job. Now, I have to admit, if I'd have wrote some of these things, I would insert more of my in here. I'd have said, hey, Jimmy was talking to Paul the other day. <laughs> and this is what came up. Jimmy got with old Peter over there. Me and Jimmy and Peter talked about this. I think I'd have inserted myself a little bit more, but Luke becomes invisible in the Bible. He doesn't write about himself. In fact, the only times you ever hear about Luke when you Luke, he never says Luke. It's always referred to as we and us. We and us. Always we and us. Look at Acts. Go to Acts. Acts chapter 1. Talking about being invisible. The former trees I, I have made, O Theophilus, of all that the Jesus began both to do and teach until the day in which he was taken up after he through the Holy Ghost and given commandment unto the apostles whom he had chosen. To whom also he showed himself alive in his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days and speaking of things pertaining to the kingdom of God. He makes one reference to himself, then he takes himself off. If you didn't know Luke wrote the book, you would not know who wrote this book. The Acts of the Apostles. Other than here, other than Acts 6, uh, 10, 16, verse 10, he never refers to himself again. It's not me, it's not I. He never says that in the book of Acts. He never brings himself up again. All he refers to in the book of Acts is we and us. Never refers to me. He says, and after he had seen vision. And immediately we endured to go into Macedonia, uh, surely gathering that the Lord had called us. 
for to preach the gospel unto them. Here is a man that's pinning some of the greatest words in the Bible. And yet he never mentions himself. This guy traveled with Paul for the last 15 years of his life. In the ministry. From this point to that point, Paul dies. And the only way you know that he even was there because he said, we in us. But he never makes a big deal out of it. He doesn't say why. You know what he's doing? He's just staying invisible. He's helping the work of God. He's not looking to, uh, to get ahead. He's not looking to get the, uh, a better seat at the table. He's not looking to make much of himself. He's looking to make much of the work of God. The things of God. He's looking to make much of the gospel and the grace of God. And he's trying to take himself out of the picture and putting God before him. Would to God that all of us grab a hold of that. It's not what I've done. It's not what you've done. It's what God has done. We need to learn, says, I must decrease so that he can increase. Hide me behind the shadows of the cross. It's not me that needs to be seen. I don't want to be seen. Because the world sees you, they see the wrong thing. They need to see God. And that's what Luke is doing. Luke is saying, you know, it's not me. I, I didn't die on the cross. I'm not doing what Paul's doing. But I can help Paul. And I'll just stay back in the back scenes. Uh, I'll stay in the background. And whenever he needs me, I'm going to be there for him. Whenever he's fall, I'm going to be there to pick him up. When he needs an encouragement, I'm going to be there and encourage him. I'm going to pray for him. I'm going to lift him up in prayers. I, that's the kind of guy I'm going to be. But I can't be the Paul. I can't be Christ. But I can be somebody there to help them along the way. So they can make more of Jesus and not of you. Look up Philemon. And I love this about Luke. He's indispensable and he's invisible. He's not trying to be something. He's not putting himself at the forefront. Lord, have we got enough Christians to find to put themselves at the forefront? But he's also immovable. We need some immovable Christians today. There is something that I didn't read in Colossians. I told you Luke is mentioned three times in the Bible. Talking about immovable. Each time he's mentioned in the Bible, there's another guy's mentioned with him. See, they're mentioned in the same verse or right around that same verse. Colossians 4.14 says, Luke, the beloved physician, and Demas greet you. They're buddies. They're in the ministry together. But watch Philemon 24. Marcus, Atostas, Demas, Lucas, my fellow laborers. 
See, they're the same verse together here. That indicates to me that Lucas, Luke and Demas are buddies. They're in the ministry together. They're doing the same thing. They've got the same call. They're moving together. But watch how they end. 2 Timothy chapter 4, they end this way. It's the last time Luke is mentioned in the Bible. 2 Timothy chapter 4. For Demas have forsaken me. Cretia, Galatia, Titus, and Talmadia. Verse 11, only Luke is with me. Demas has left him, but Luke doesn't leave. He's an immovable object. If anybody in Paul's life that should have left, it should have been Luke. I have known, you have read from Acts 16 to Acts 28, you see all the stuff that this guy goes through because he's following and helping and praying some other guy. He's trying to encourage Paul. This guy is going through the exact same things. He's not being shielded from the shipwrecks. He's not being shielded from the prison. This guy's going through the same thing. Any true God believer, Holy Ghost filled preacher will be. They're going to go through some stuff. There will be trouble around them. And if you hang around them long enough, that trouble is going to find you out. And that's how God knows who serves Him, who loves Him, who wants to go with Him. Because when trouble comes your way, and it certainly is going to come your way, do you stand fast or do you fade out? I have to admit, I've seen a lot of people fade out. I'd, I'd even go and say this. I've seen a lot more fade out than I have to stay in. Amen? Because when you see 100 people in church, the next thing you know, you're down 12 to 14. That's a lot of people to fade out. But here Luke said, you know what? I'm going through the same thing. I'm, I'm, it's, it's worth the trouble walking for God. It's worth the trouble serving God. Luke says, I, I'm going through it. It's worth the trouble to hear him preach. It's worth the trouble to be fed by the word of God. It's worth the trouble to be part of God doing something. You read Acts, he's in prison with Paul. He goes through the shipwreck with Paul. Yet we find him at the very end of Paul's life. He said, the last guy, the last guy with me is Luke. Everybody's done run out on me. But old doctor here, <laughs> he stuck beside me. He's displaying 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58. Be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. He, he's displaying that. 
He's not making a big deal of his life. He's not putting himself at front. But he says, I'm just going to do what God needs me to do. I don't know how this ends, but we know Paul dies. I mean, Paul is in jail and he comes to the, get his head cut off. I don't know if Luke is standing in the background or standing inside him or just looking at him and then thinking, this is it. This is it. I've been with this man for over 15 years. I've seen him go through things that I just said, man, we're not going to make it out of this. But I've watched him through this time, and I've been with him along the way, and I've seen the good grace of God bring him through step after step, after shipwreck, after being beaten, after being stoned, and they seek to kill him. I've watched all this in his life, and I, I was a part of that, but here now I see him on a chopping block. I wonder if Luke ran through his mind, Lord, are you going to do it again? Are you going to do it again, Lord? No. He's indispensable. He's in. He's invisible. He's immovable. There are some people that I know that's been in the ministry for years, and they're not there no more. There are people that I know that's been in church for years, and they're not in church no more. You need to make your mind up that you're going to be one of these, those that are here today and you're going to stay. But too many are here today and gone tomorrow. I'm tired of that. I'm tired of that. You may be a demon in your life right now, but let me just tell you what, you need to get a hold of Luke and make yourself unmovable. I ain't leaving I'm not going to run off. I'm going to stay right where I'm at. And can I say this, Lord, let me say this, and we'll go home because it's late. You see the people that's hurting Paul? It's the church. You're going to get hurt in church. You got, if you left the church at the time you got hurt in the church, what church are you going to be in when time, 10 years come from now? You haven't been to every church in town. Unless you start your own church and then you get mad at yourself and quit. Am I right? Come on, you know that. You hang around church people long enough, you're going to get hurt. They're going to rub you the wrong way. They're going to say the wrong thing. But won't you be like Luke and just get invisible, unmovable? I don't care what you say. I don't care what y'all say about me. 